This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, a podcast for myself, Ross and Joe talk everything Milton Keynes dons. Well, gents, how are we all doing? Uh, Joe, I know me and you both got the uh, Liverpool game on at the moment, but uh, <laughs> obviously our priorities are on the pod and MK dons. Um, but how's, how's your sort of week been so far? Yeah, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll try not to drift off uh, too much. Uh, but yeah, it's been all right. Busy, just lead up to Christmas. Um, I'll to be honest, I'll be glad when Christmas is over, to be honest with you. But yeah, uh, football was decent last night, and um, yeah, I can't complain. Just just, uh, just going along. Yeah, pretty positive last night, and we'll get into that uh, very shortly. But before we introduce Ross, uh, Ross, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Um, what about yourself? Yeah, yeah, just um, uni works. Struggle with motivation to uni work today, but um, it's a, yeah, it's just difficult. I don't know. I've sort of had those days where you struggle to find the the will to do anything but um yeah i'm glad to jump back on with you boys and record another episode especially after the performance like we got last night where it's quite positive so yeah um obviously played posh last night at home um got a 1-1 draw uh pretty positive result i think from most people's perspectives obviously posh are quite a good team and i did think initially we'd get a result against him it's just how milton Keynes dons is we uh tend to play well against the better teams as you like to say and um yeah, just a, an XG perspective of the game. Um, gave a few chances, to be fair. Um, MK Dons had an XG of 0.6 and scored one goal, so they um, overperformed their XG title, as, as did Peterborough. Um, their one shot on target, of course, went in, so it was 0.4 XG for them. Um, but, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a frustrating game, of course. You only got the point, probably should have had three. Um, 
you know, Clark Harris admitted that he fouled Keogh. Admittedly, from what I saw in I follow, it didn't look like he did, but you know, I can only take the man for his word. Um, and we reacted well as usual. Um, one second half at least, uh, came back and you know, Cammy got the minimum we deserved in that game, in my opinion. And I was generally really pleased. Uh, Ross, how did you, you were at the game alongside, well, not alongside Joe, but with Joe, I suppose. Um, how did you find the game last night being there? Yeah, I, I can't, obviously I came away from the game with uh, mixed emotions in the sense of we should have probably took three uh, three points. But I feel like last week, uh, last last week uh, week's episode on the uh, prediction of the game, um, it was quite a negative one, and I thought we were going to uh, get played off the park. But um, I think I was doing a bit of re- uh, reverse psychology as such, and um, <laughs> uh, I was playing it down. I think I felt I felt it was one of our best performances of the season, and um, I think every everyone was uh, pointing the finger that Peterborough didn't play well, but I don't think they didn't, didn't play well. I felt we just neutralised everything they had uh, from the start of the game, and um, I think the doubts about the defence were answered last night. Um, Keo was cleaning up, and Ohora, someone who I've dealt with recently, um, stepped up to the plate and more than handled the Peterborough attack. Um, but the main man last night in my eyes was Kasumi. Covered every single blade of grass. He was covering Louis. He was covering absolutely everyone. Um, last night, he had a 91% pass and accuracy. Um, he won half his uh, ground jewels last night, six out of 11. Um, and as as I said to Joe after the game, I said it was just, it's just a performance of that, that, that bloke can go wherever he wants in the divisions. He could go up to the Prem if he wanted to. It's just completing his game and finishing and tweaking his game to suit the level he's playing at. And um, we're, we're obviously January coming up. I'm hoping we can keep hold of him. Yeah, Cal's incredible last night. Um, as you mentioned, Ross Emil, uh, stats on his performance. Um more than deserved man of the match, and uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a full January transfer preview pod coming out in the coming weeks, just after Christmas. Um, sort of previewing it all, and I'm sure Kaz and other players we brought up than that. Um, but yeah, you mentioned regarding Ahura, and I think me and yourself were both fairly critical of the partnership between Willow and Ahura uh, last game previous to um, Peterborough, and they kind of proved us wrong last night. Um, both combined pretty well. Um, you know, it, it was obviously difficult, a different game situation to what the previous game was after, before Posh. But um, yeah, I was fairly impressed with them. And, you know, they they seemed to be a better partnership than maybe we initially thought. And, you know, Hora fought for his place and did well. Um, Joe, as, as I mentioned, you were also at the game last night. Um, how did you find it um, against Peterborough? Yeah, well, uh, I was chauffeuring Ross around last night. So uh, <laughs> it was great, great to have his company. Um, I, I thought... We started like a house on fire. We started absolutely fantastically. And I was really looking out for just for how we'd approach it in the first few minutes because of, you know, obviously, you know, it's well documented. We've been crap in opening of games uh, fairly recent, well, all season. And one thing I noticed was that we weren't playing long balls, but we were, we weren't overdoing it. We were still sticking to our plan, but there was a lot more energy and runs in front. And I saw... It, you know, they weren't long balls, but it just, they, they were, like, Lewington was switching the play, I noticed, and, you know, and then also you had uh, Fraser with a, a 
amazing ball for the Lassa um, header, which I think he, he needs to he, oh, he needs to at least get on target. I feel, um, but but I feel that you know we we changed our approach slightly in the first sort of fifteen minutes, and it set the tone because Peterborough, as soon as they did press, we we, we just got rid of the ball. We didn't try and do anything fancy, no flicks, and I feel that we just didn't give them a sniff. And you know, with the Burton and the Shrewsbury game. You make one mistake, they snout, they smell blood. But with with last night, we just didn't give them a sniff, and you could tell that we grew and grew as the game went on. And I feel that you mentioned the xG. I feel the stats do not rec, uh, reflect the dominance we had in the game. I feel, especially in the second half, the amount of times we got in behind, and you know, either the, the ball just got smothered out of play, or it was a cutback and no one was there, or you know, a cut a crossing that, you know, uh, just a good block or the goalkeeper claimed. You know, we were so threatening, I feel, and it's it's hard to describe, but when you're actually in the stadium and you can feel the, 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 the you know, you can almost feel the energy going through the team and the progression of the ball. It was crisp, it was sharp. Um, you mentioned uh, the defenders. I thought Warren O'Hara just, just setting the tone from the back line was absolutely fantastic. His first thought was to go forward and he, you know, he, he and along with Keo, he, he doesn't just play it into Kasuma's feet in hopes of the best. He, he'll drill it into someone and he'll, he'll, you know, he plays with pace and it's all about just the aggression and intensity and getting up the pitch. And like Ross mentioned, people said about how Peterborough necessarily might not have played well, but every time one of the danger men, either Clark Harris or Siriki Dembele, got on the ball, there was two players around them. You know, no player was left exposed one-on-one. And, you know, a couple of times Keo was, and Keo just did enough to just hold off, hold off, and then just wait for more support to come. And I thought our pressing... Uh, well, Morris and Jerome, <laughs> it was unbelievable pressing. The amount of times that the, they were forced back to the goalkeeper and to punt it long. And this is a team that probably passes it around just as much as we do. So to force them to be going long, it's it's really good. So there was lots of things I saw that I liked. You know, the, the opening 15 minutes, we just changed it up a little bit. Just just played it a bit, not, not, not long ball, just a bit safer. Just didn't take as many risks, but still looked really threatening going forward. And the, I think with the crowd, you know, Peterborough sunk further and further back. And in unlike other games where we've had possession for possession's sake, I feel like we really got in behind them. We really created some chances. And it, it yeah, it's a shame we didn't get all three points. Because uh, at the end of the day, it was a very soft goal we conceded. Yeah, and it shouldn't even account by the views of, yeah. you know, certain people. Um, but yeah, you timed it up perfectly, really. And, uh, you know, we're going to talk about a lot about the first 15 minutes recently as it seemed to be a train dynamic that happened last night that uh, proved to be evident. But it's funny because I listened to the commentary of the, uh, the Peterborough guys uh, from BBC Cambridgeshire and they were talking about how Peterborough could learn a lot from that performance from um, us last night in terms of how we control possession and dominated the game, basically. And you actually mentioned, Joe, regarding the, just, just shut, uh, the shutting down Dembele, who is by far one of the best players in this league and he won't be in League One next season regardless of whether he's at Peterborough or not. Um, and yeah, it was just a really good performance. Um, and if we play like that every game, we're going to win more than we lose or in this case, draw. Um, so, yeah. And I think as well, just just one, just sorry, just one 
little bit. I think when when we get into the, the areas we got into, we got into them so much. Sometimes it's just that better quality of ball, which we, we which, which which we've said before. Um, and you know, we'll come on to talking about Sorinola and Harvey a little bit later. But I feel that there's only so much a manager can do, and that's from getting you box to box. But at the end of the day, if you're leaving Johnson Clark Harris one on one for for a, virtually a free header with a defender, or you know, you've got a ball, and and then at the other end, you know, you've you've got Harvey's through, and all he needs to do is cross the ball, but you need someone else to make a run. You know, how much of that is coachable, and how much of that is just due to the talent of the players? Because they had one shot on target, and it's a million pound striker, and he scores it. Sometimes those are the those are the fine margins at this level of football. Yeah, that's what he's there to do. That's what he's paid the big bucks for, isn't it? To score the goals. And uh, he saves them last night, to say the least. Um, yeah, so Joey briefly mentioned about the first 15 minutes. And um, we wanted to bring it up as, as we kind of mentioned, it, we saw a change of dynamic in the game. Um, you know, Lassa Sorensen was coming to starting 11. And in my opinion, he really took the game by his hands, or at least that first 15 minutes. And he was really on the front foot in terms of trying to do everything for the team and essentially not make us concede again, as that seems to be the general theme this season. Um, Ross, I know you had quite a few views on the first 15 minutes from what you saw at the game last night, so feel free to elaborate on those. Yeah, I just feel like Lass brings that different side to the game, as you say, Liam, in the sense of he presses so well and he does just doesn't give up. And I, th- I think he's got the same work effort as uh, Morris does. He just won't, he doesn't give up until it, the ball's either out of play or he's got it back. And I just feel like that that takes the pressure off the defence because of Peterborough then worrying about how to uh, beat the press instead of beating our defence. So I just feel like they, they were in the first 15 minutes, uh, it looked, it was more of a case of, are we going to score instead of, are we going to concede? And um, I just feel like with Sermon, um, when, when I watched him against Burton, he was very pedestrian at times and I think Martin um, said it in his, one of his post-matches that he brings up real calmness to that midfield and yeah it's a good thing to have but with, with Lass he, he's very much on the front foot with Sermon he as I say he's he, he's very much pedestrian at times and slow and he organises that mid, midfield so I feel, I feel like the system suits Lass a, a lot more when we're on the front foot but if we want to hold out a game or we're trying to ease um, protect our lead, I feel like Sermon is the right man going forward. So I feel like we just need to, as such, look at look at the opposition we're, we're, we're going to be going against and say, look, we're 1-0 up now, we're going to bring Sermon on or we're going to hold out for the job. I know we shouldn't go into any game like this, but if we're playing against Hull, a point's better than nothing, really, and we'll, we'll play Sermon for the next... 60 minutes or so and then we'll bring on last for the last 30 so I just feel like they're two different complete players and Russ has got problems on his hands on who to pick in the up and coming game yeah well it's a good problem isn't it and I think he's, oh, yeah. uh, it's like <laughs> I forgot what um, Russ said in his um, like red uh, red dot app notes but um, I think it was like a, a positive headache or something I think on the lines of that in terms of the players he has to select Um but yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well there, Ross. Um, Joe, I know you wanted to mention regarding how uh, Lass is kind of emulating what Louis Thompson was doing before he got injured. So if you want to add a touch on that. Yeah, I think I think Ross touched it really well. I think with the, how we play, 
because a lot of the time we are camped so far in the opposition's half, as soon as the opposition gets the ball, it's all about a fast break. Now, if you're going to play that way, you're going to need people in the midfield to break up the play. And, you know, the wing, a lot of the time, the wing-backs are going to be further forward than the central midfielders. So it's those central midfielders who are going to be the first port of call and need to get back. And I think Sermon is, you know, there's no doubt in his ability with the ball at, the, with, with the ball at his feet. He's absolute supreme in controlling a game and just the tempo, just little touches to and from, to, to, to the side. And... He, he he certainly has his qualities, but I feel that last what last added was that real dynamism and that that quality we mentioned about Louis Thompson and how um, I think it was a Gillingham game he set up the person who crossed the ball in for one of the for the first goal and then he assisted Carlton Morris's goal himself in in that in that game and I feel that Louis Thompson he added a real he was a real box to box player but when it really came to it he had that quality in the final third. Now, I think Sermon does have the quality, but does he have the box-to-box dynamism that maybe he had a few years ago? I don't think so. And I think in in recent weeks, one thing we have really missed in midfield is Thompson. I think when Thompson came in, he, he really did make an impact. I believe, you know, he played, he played against Sunderland and he played against Gillingham. You know, two of probably our better performances of the season. And um, But yeah, it's really good to see Lass... He's he's taken his opportunity by the scruff of the neck, and he's really showing what 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 he's what he's about. And fair play to him. Fair play to him. Yeah, it's his first loan, isn't it? And they're all difficult ones. As it's either a he's fight. Like Nineteen, or... for goodness' sake. Yeah, he's really young. It's it's like a fight or flight for the first few months, and um, you know he's it's not like he's living with uh, someone who's been here for years. He's living with Warren as well, who's you know it's his first loan as well. Um, but they're both starting to really grow into their roles and really starting to become a crucial part of the team when they needed to be. And um, yeah, I think yeah, you both in it really well. Like it's all gonna depend on who we play, but it's nice to have that dynamic back in the team. As you mentioned, a few performances by Louis um, when he was playing, but Portsmouth as well, he was absolutely terrific against them, and he was sort of the shining light from that game, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, hopefully, well, long may long may this continue, I suppose, and. Um, may see similar things happen on Saturday. So we touched upon um, the sort of the left wing back situation between Dan Harvey and Soren Oda. And um, me and Ross kind of thought uh, Matty Soren Oda had this left wing back role pretty much nailed down. But um, maybe he hasn't after all. Uh, Dan Harvey's kind of come back off international break and really kind of proven himself quite a bit in terms of uh, his sort of attacking uh, prowess and... Uh, Maybe we've got a bit more of a battle on our hands now. So um, we're going to sort of put, debate this sort of battle on out. Um, in terms of Saturday, gents, who do we think should be starting the game? Uh, Dan Harvey and Matty Saranola. And I'll pass it to you, Ross, first. Yeah, I, I feel like with Saranola, we, when he gets forward, I, f- I felt like he got forward in the Peterborough game, but um, he didn't always have that skill or uh, the pace to beat his man or the, even just put the ball in the box. He didn't have the delivery at times. But with Harvey, I feel it's completely the opposite. And he's when 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 he gets the chance, he'll get in that fine uh, get even get in the box and they'll whip it in and like yes uh, yesterday's performance against Pete Ray, people just weren't there in the box. But that's not always a bad problem to have because of um 
at the end of the day, he's putting the delivery in the box. But I feel like with Sorinola, he defensively, he's a lot more sound than what um, Dan Harvey is. So I feel like going against this Plymouth side, they are there for the taking. Um, I think um, that their home records keep them afloat of the relegation zone at the moment. But um, I, I just feel like um, Harvey's suited to this Plymouth game um, a lot more. But I'm not saying that Sorinola is having a bad game. He, he didn't have a bad game yesterday. But I feel like when we are against these teams who sit deep, Harvey just suits it to a tee. Yeah, very much like the um, Lasser and uh, Sir situation. It's all about reading the opposition, isn't it? Um, as you mentioned, Ross, with this game on Saturday in particular, it's hard to read what they're going to do. Maybe they will sit back, but as you mentioned, the home the home record um, is keeping them alive in this league. Um, so maybe they'll be a bit more confident at home. Um, but I guess I can see why someone just started on Tuesday. You know, we were all expecting Peterborough to really come on to us and give us a tough game, especially in that first 15 minutes where we know we've been poor at conceding goals. And um, it makes sense to bring on Harvey for the last 30 because he can attack entire defence who are sitting back on a goal lead. And, you know, we saw how he, as Joe mentioned, he got in behind plenty of times and on another day he gets one or two assists there. Um, I think for me, I would be starting Harvey um, just from, I did a little bit of studying on Plymouth, which we'll get into later, and they do tend to struggle against wing-backs, um, and particularly their uh, systems that incorporate the wingers very much, like we saw with crew last night against them. Um, so, yeah, I think I'd be starting Dan Harvey on Saturday if I had the choice. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on the old Harvey v. Sorinola sort of battle at left wing-back? Um, I was personally calling out for Harvey. I've been calling out for Harvey to start for a couple of weeks now. Um, and it's it's not a slight on Sorinola. He's 19, for goodness sakes. It's, it's, um, I, I just believe that so in, in the games where Harvey's come on, he's really started to show a bit of consistency. And Russ has mentioned it himself. I think Harvey's had seven starts for us. You know, he's not going to be the, the part, you know, he was a hell of a player in Scotland. It's not often a left-back actually wins the team's player of the year award he's got he, he he has got the talent and we've seen glimpses of it and I think that he just needs to run in the team now because he's for me he's only what 22 years old he's going to be a long-term solution he he's got potential he's got room to grow I'd love to see him start more I think one thing that I noticed was when with Sorinola in the first half the defenders were just showing him on to, they just knew that he was going to cut in on his right foot, pass back to, you know, Fraser, Morris and Sorinola. They had a nice little neat triangle. And yeah, a few times it did work out. But a lot of the time, you know, as soon as it got to Sorinola, they kind of just worked him out, pinned him in, and it would just go back and, you know, we'd rotate, set up again. But I feel that with Harvey's second half, the amount of times we just got in and Harvey's really comfortable on his right foot. Um, he scored a great goal against Ipswich. He put in a couple of good crosses last night with his right foot. So if you're a defender, you're thinking, well, hang on a minute. If I show him out wide, he's going to blast past me and, and pull it back. Or if I show him inside, he's got the ability to lay it off to someone like Scott Fraser, who you don't want Scott Fraser getting on the ball. And, or you've always got the ability to whip in a cross on his right foot. And I think that physically, I think he's 
I, I, defensively, I'd probably say Matty's a bit better, to be honest. But, you know, the amount of defending that a wing-back in our system is going to do is minimal, really. But it, it, obviously, it's an important part of the game. But the, the main sort of uh, attributes needed in our wing-backs is attacking play. And that was just illustrated. I think he had six uh, crosses in the half an hour or so he was on the pitch last night. And so many times he was overlapping, underlapping, um, Steve Walker, he was swapping around with him at times, and I, I just I, I saw more than enough to feel that I, I to make me feel that he does warrant a, a start. Yeah, he brings a different dynamic to the attack, doesn't he? As you kind of alluded to there, and yeah, maybe Matty isn't as developed as um, Dan is attacking wise, and yeah, you're probably right in terms of how he retains the ball brilliantly, though Matty. He, he always yeah. keeps the ball. He hardly ever gives it away. But it's just when you're in those promising positions, sometimes you just need, you know, take the early ball, take the risk. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, as we kind of meant, alluded to at the start, it's reading the game. And I feel the coach staff we have in place are really good at that in terms of who do we need from minute one. And as you kind of did in the Peter game, who do we need to come right now to change the game? And Dan Harvey was that. And it's unfortunate that it didn't ultimately um, benefit us properly. Um, but, you know, it will do more times than it doesn't. So, yeah, you can't really complain with that. So, yeah, after a fairly positive result against Peterborough United, we travel down to uh, Devon to take on Plymouth. It was a pretty interesting game. Um, I know we've all got various views on it, so I'll let Joe uh, take us away to Plymouth and give us everything about them. Yeah, this game, like you said, it's could be any number of things. I think Plymouth, they're, they're, if they're currently on, a, they haven't won in seven games. Uh, so make of that what you will. Uh, not very good run at all. They actually sit below us in the table. They've won five, drawn four. They've lost eight. Um, Ryan Lowe's their manager. Now, I, when I think of Ryan Lowe, I think of that Berry team uh, a couple of years ago, you know, really attacking, uh, three at the back, overlapping wing backs. And it's pretty much the same now. It, but but to much less success, I must say. He did do brilliant with Plymouth last season, got promoted at the first time of asking, which is no mean feat. Um, and there's quite a few parts of this Plymouth side which are quite promising and, you know, which you'd say, well, why are they so far down on the table? Well, you know, they're quite a possession-based team. They do have a lot of the... They do have a fair amount of the ball. Um, they, they love to cross it, so they use their win... They pretty much play a similar system to us. They love their wing backs, and you know they average the sixth most crosses per game in the league. So I think that shows you where their threat is going to be coming from. Um, they also average the third most shots per game. So it's not as if they're, you know, they're just sitting back waiting. They they are quite proactive. Um, they do take shots. They're not scared of shooting from outside the box as well. So that's just something you know to be aware of. And um, I, f- I, f- I feel um, that that with with Plymouth, a couple of things I've noticed is they concede an awful lot of goals in open play, and they they really they really with, with their wing backs they they have almost the most attacking players they can have in those positions. Whereas we have you know a left or a right back that we're kind of if you want converting into a wing back. They're playing on the left. They've been playing uh, George Cooper. Um, he's he's come from Peterborough. He's a very accomplished player. 
um, at this level. He's been playing for years. He's only 24, but he's been at uh, a crew before as well, I believe. And so he's got a real pedigree, but he's, you know, a midfielder. He's, he's, he's a winger or attacking midfielder, yet he's playing left wing back. And on the other side, you've got a mix of either um, Byron Moore, who's, again, you just play for crew. Uh, he's either a forward or an attacking wide player. And and then Joe Edwards, who's played a lot of his career in the centre of the pack. And where whilst that might give them a fair bit of attacking quality in these areas, you know, as we mentioned, you know, the, the main roles for, for, for these positions are attacking, but I feel that if we dominate the possession and force the likes of George Cooper, Byron Moore, or Joe Edwards to, to to actually defend, well, at the end of the day, they're not defenders. And I feel like we could have a lot of joy down the wings and they've conceded a lot of goals from, you know, crosses and, and they've, they've, I can't remember the exact stat, but they've conceded um, one of the most uh, for, for goals in open. Here we go. They've completed, conceded the second most goals from open play. So that just shows that, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not uh, just necessarily being bullied at set pieces or giving away penalties. They're, they're conceding goals in open play and crosses are, are a fairly big part of that. But one thing with Plymouth is they have got the individual quality to really hurt us. I know, you know, with a few teams, you could say the same, but with with Plymouth, the system really does make these players uh, like sort of the forefront and can really, really be uh, punish us. So uh, Danny Mayer, I'm sure we know all about at Berry, formerly at Berry. George Cooper, I mentioned, he's a very, very dangerous player. Um, they've also got um, Frank Nublet, who's he's a big, strong, fast um ex-Colchester striker and I remember under Tisdale going away to Colchester yeah that was a not very nice day (laughs) yeah I believe we could have actually got promoted that day but uh, honestly one of the worst halves of football I've ever seen in my life and Frank Newblay probably should have had three or four goals and that 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 is one of Plymouth's troubles this season they are they do have a lot of chances but Newblay although he is a nuisance he hasn't been clinical enough, and they they have got a young a young lad Jeffcott who has scored a few goals. Um, Ryan Hardy, who who's also an option up front, he's he's very he's very good presser, and and also can be an issue, but again not clinical. So it, it's really it's almost it's almost a team that's fairly similar to ourselves, but the the one difference I would say is they give up a hell of a lot of chances more than we do. And I feel that with us playing down the wings, we can really, really, hope, hopefully, punish this. And I think the key battles for the game are going to be. I think George Williams is, as I think he'll have his right back, this right back role, and him against George Cooper. And I think the other battle on the other side is also going to be key. I think you know a lot of the time we'll talk about you know battle in the middle of the park, but I think this is all about the wings this week. And um, you know, I, I, I'm. I'm I'm positive for it, and I really do hope that I really do hope that we can get something out of it, regardless of their home form. Yeah, thank you to us for that, Joe. Um, yeah, you kind of pretty much under what I have to say. Uh, I think Jeff has eight goals. Uh, I think he's a top scorer, so he's definitely the guy to watch out for if they're going to score a goal on a Saturday. And um, yeah, George Cooper, I think leads the team for key passes at two point three a game. So I think Willow's going to have his hands full with him attacking wise at least anyway. 
Um, Ross, I know you usually like to highlight your ones to watch for the game on Saturday. I know um, Joe mentioned quite a few players there, but have you got any others that you caught your eye? Yeah, I, I, I found something quite strange about this Plymouth side in uh, Nuble, who plays up top. He's only got the one goal this season and he's getting the start over uh, Luke Jeffcott. And Luke Jeffcott's got eight goals in 13 games a season. And so, form like that in League One is it's, it's, it's quite hard to find. And uh, I just feel like Ryan Lowe's not um, prioritising Luke Jeffcott. If he's scoring, why not play him? And um, at 20 years old, he's score, scoring eight goals. It isn't too bad in League One in my eyes. But um, I've noticed... Um, Connor Grant, who's featured off the bench a few times this season, the 25-year-old, um, he's played plays in the centre mid role, but um, he can play in the deeper role if he wants. Um, and he's got three goals and four assists this season, and he's averaged 1.4 key passes a game. So it's not like um, they rely on, as Joe said, Cooper too much. They've got other outlets if needed um, in attack. Um, but yeah, Joe mentioned that George Cooper's quite key in his side and um, it's, attackively he does do the work, but it's also the defensive work um, he does very well, um, averaging 1.3 tackles a game and um, he's he wins half, he's already won half of his duels this season, ground duels. So it just shows that he's key of breaking up the possession and if Fraser does get in the, the number 10 role and uh, breaks the Fraser things we normally do. He normally does, sorry. Um, it'd be interesting to see how uh, Cooper and uh, if Grant does play, how they deal with him going into this game. Just a little note, did either of you um, take a note of how George Cooper does aerially like, in terms of duels? I know you mentioned ground duels, Ross. I was just interested. Obviously, Willow's quite good in the air, isn't he, in terms of winning those duels? If you didn't, yeah, it's fine. Just, I was just uh, I was no, just, yeah, no, I was no. just, just getting it up now. Um, he 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 only wins about sixteen percent of his aerial duels. Oh, okay. So we're going to have him on toasting pretty much, and yeah. And we uh, one thing I noticed as well in the early parts of the game is how often we, we which we haven't done often actually was Lewington switching out to the right side, and with George Williams out there, it just gives us a little an extra dimension. And it's not again, it's not a hoof; it's a measured switch of play, a long ball. And when you've got someone like George Williams, six foot plus, really athletic, and you're up against you know the left back, you'd back George Williams to win that ball. Yeah, definitely. And if uh, if it's only sixteen percent rate of uh, George Cooper winning his aerial duels, then uh, yeah, Willow's gonna have him the whole game. I think in the uh... 0.3 per game. So that's oh, uh, wow, one every yeah. three games. That's uh, very poor, to say the least. Okay, so let's move into our. Uh, predict to start 11s, gents. Um, I'll start off with mine. Uh, it's it's to no, no, to no surprise, it's fairly similar to the one that started Tuesday night. Um, it's Fisher in goal, uh, back three of O'Hora, Keogh, Lewington, uh, wing backs, Willow, and the only change being Dan Harvey for me, coming in for Matty Saranola. And uh, Fraser, Kaz, Sorensen, midfield three, Joe and Morris up front. Uh, Joe, why don't you give us your starting 11 and how similar is it to mine? <laughs> I'm just looking. To, yeah, same, same one. <laughs> it is exactly the same. I think you know I, I can't poke any holes in 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 the um, in the team. You know the, the only. I mean, we we also we sometimes talk about possible alterations we could make. 
Um, but I, I think the only one I could maybe see is maybe Lasser for Sermon. Lasser and Sermon maybe being swapped around. But I feel, I, I feel, personally feel none of them deserve not to play. And I just feel that Harvey has earned a st- no, I don't think Sorinola's didn't play well enough to start. I just think Harvey has earned his chance to start because of the impact he made. So it's not a slight on Sorinola at all. It's just Harvey's, you know, with how dangerous he looked, it would be very harsh for him not to be given a chance right from the off in a game which I think will suit him. Yeah, I think we need Harvey in this one. Um, you know, I said you said uh, Matty's been brilliant this season, but I think you know you've got to realise when a certain player suits a game better, and I think uh, Dan Harvey suits his game better in terms of what we need from this matchup. Um, Ross, finally, why don't you give us your predict to start at eleven for Plymouth away? Yeah, on I've, got, I've gone for the exact same lineup. Um, I feel like um, as as we keep saying after we have a good performance, it's just all about momentum and just getting in our stride because we, we know we can do it and progression is happening within this squad and we are starting to see the best of certain individuals now um, in Sorison, Harvey. Um, and I think that defensive unit, as a defensive uh, unit, they're, they're, getting, they're starting to really gel together and know each other's strengths and weaknesses. That's why I've gone for the uh, same starting eleven. Yeah, I think, um, I know you Joe, you mentioned maybe the possible duration of uh, Sirs coming in for Lasser. I don't know. I think, I know it's only possible, but I think it'd be a bit silly to finally find yeah, a solution to not to not concede in the first 15 minutes and to change it. Unless, unless of course, he has to. Um, you know, players might be tired. It was quite a uh, draining game yesterday by the looks of it. Um, but, you know, ideally, they're all fit and ready to go. And by the sounds of it, they are. So, perfect. So, gents, finally, on to our predictions for the game. Um, Ross, why don't you kick us off with how you think Saturday's going to go in terms of results-wise? Yeah, I've looked at a few stats um, coming into this game and I've noticed that um, in Plymouth's last six games, there's been over over 2.5 goals uh, scored. So, it seems like it's going to be a goal fest. But um, I've noticed they've also conceded two goals in the, their last uh, seven out of eight league games. So it is something we can exploit. And um, I feel like if we put anything near the performance of what we showed yesterday against Peterborough, I've, um, I feel like we're going to w- win on the road. So I've gone with a 2-1 MK Dons victory. Okay, nice. Um, Joe, what are your thoughts on how result, what result it might happen on Saturday against Plymouth? I am going for the big guns. Wow. I think that I think that oh, there's a couple of reasons for this. I feel that we're due one for, for one. I feel that we play get better against teams that also try and attack. I feel that we've been playing better away from home in the last three or four games due to, and I don't think it's unfair to say this. Well, the, the pitch has been called. Our game has been called off today for a waterlogged pitch, an FA Youth Cup fixture. It's and yesterday you could see it. I, I was at the stadium. It's, it was boggy in parts. And it's just, you know, that is not what you want when you're playing this sort of football. I feel on a, on a, on a half-decent pitch, I feel against a team that wants to play, but a team that almost is too attacking at some certain points. You know, as I said, they've taken the third most. Uh, the It was in the top, five, uh, top three for ch- shots taken this season. You know, they, they're not going to sit back. And I feel like we this is some a team where we can really take advantage of that. So I'm going for a four one to the Dons. 
Yeah, very impressive. And uh, no clean sheet though. Not 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 quite yet. <laughs> yeah, not there yet. The deal. Um, yeah, so I've gone from being the most positive in the Peterborough game to actually the most negative here, which is uh, interesting. Um, I, as you mentioned, Joe, I do think that both teams are going to have a lot of chances in this game, and with the systems how they are, I'll, I'll just, I just think we're too similar, and I think it's going to be a quite a end-to-end game. Um, and you mentioned regarding the shots as well. We need to shoot more on Saturday for me. We didn't shoot enough against Peterborough. I know they were in the right place at the right time, things like that. But if we really want to take advantage of this game, we need to shoot more. And we're very, we seem to be very perfectionist at the moment going forward. And definitely, I just, yeah, definitely. I just feel we're not going to get maximum points here. And that's annoying to say because I think it is a great chance to do it. And as you said, on a decent pitch against a team who are going to come on us and not settle for a point. Um, but I'm going to say they both do get a point and I'm going to go 1 1. A third consecutive 1 1. We're turning oh, nice. Sunderland. Well, all, all the good things come in threes. Uh, <laughs> we still can't you... the table, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's the well, 15th now. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Dizzy the, the, last, the last two away games near a body of water we've won. So the, the Thames in Shelton and uh, well, in the North Sea with Newcastle. Uh, well, Sunderland, sorry. Thank you, Brad. Yeah, maybe there's something so, yeah. in that, uh, Joe. Maybe a trip to the Ocean City will treat us treat us well. Uh, hopefully it does. I'm all happy to be wrong. I just uh, Two teams are quite similar. And um, usually when that happens, it tends to be quite, well, not cagey, but very... Uh, both know each just, other. It's, yeah, it's not going to be in Northampton. Team. It's not going to be in Northampton, that's for sure. Oh, no, Northampton, way too negative. <laughs> um, well, us or them? <laughs> well, <laughs> no, definitely them. <laughs> All right, well, that kind of is it for um, FC21 of the MK1 podcast. Uh, thank you very much, as always, for listening. Um, and if you could provide uh, some feedback, that'd be excellent. Just on what we do well, what we don't, and the rules of the internet new stuff. And uh, as you kind of alluded to, Next week, it's got quite a few promising podcasts coming out. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, how you will uh, react to them. And of course, subscribe to our podcast if you listen over there. And um, on follow on Spotify as well. We've got a nice, healthy following on Spotify, which is excellent and really good to see. So thank you as always for listening. And come on, you dance. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.